Hey everyone, welcome to Just Crypto. Uh, my name is Vanessa and we've got a, a special uh, edition today to talk about breaking news. We don't often talk about breaking news, but here we are and we're going to have a great discussion. Uh, I am blessed today to be joined by uh, Sir Karen, who's a friend of the show, been on the show before. Uh, welcome. Thanks, glad to be here. Awesome. Um, you know, before we get started, uh, we, we are talking crypto. So as always, when we're talking crypto and finances, I like to remind folks that this channel is about learning, not FOMOing. Uh, please do your own research if you're going to make any investments or make any decisions. Uh, we might be presenting some alarming things here as we talk a bit about Ledger, their recovery service, uh, the security of their recovery service. Uh, don't make any rash decisions. Take it slow. Be thoughtful. Uh, when you're in a panic, when you're doing anything under pressure, your uh, Ability to make mistakes is dramatically increased. So please don't do that. Um, so let's go ahead and get started. Uh, Zuckerin, did you want to just introduce your folks, tell them a little bit about your background so we they know that we're not just two random people in, in the Twitter sphere talking about things? Sure. I'm uh, Sir Corrin. I'm, uh, I work in the cybersecurity industry. Um, I do a little bit of like blockchain stuff on the side. Huge fan of Cardano. Decentralization Maxi. So I'm, I'm, I'm active on Twitter all the time. So. Awesome. And de definitely give them a follow. Um, and we're going to get into it. So uh, let's talk about Ledger. Uh, what did Ledger announce uh, today, or I, I guess got announced through their release notes? And what, what's the deal with it? Yeah, so it looks like it's, they have this new Ledger recovery feature that uh, basically you could opt into. And if you choose to opt into it, it will send, presumably send your key to three different entities or companies in an encrypted sharded format. And then uh, presumably, if you've lost your key or your device somehow, those three can, you know, recreate, give you, get you back access to your crypto wallet if you, if you lost your ledger or something. So, yeah. So just based on what you said, I mean, it sounds like it's it's a useful feature, right? Like people lose their seed phrases all the time. It's one of the number one threats I imagine if you're doing in self custody that you have to consider. Yep. Um, and they're implementing it in a way that it's not just a single trusted person. That you have to have at least I think two of three to combine these encrypted seed yep. phrases together. Um, so, I mean, that sounds great, right? What's what's wrong with it? So it kind of begs a couple of questions. And one of them is like, they're, they're acting like there's no new uh, no new threat vector, um, but it's like if there's the functionality to extract user seed phrases, it exists in any way, shape or form, like encrypted, sharded, like, is this new? Has this happened before? Um, is there like, if those three entities decide to collude and restore my key, is that something that could be possible? Um, is there a way to trick the, uh, they're trying to use KYC to make it so you have to KYC to recover? Could that be compromised? Um, they were talking a lot about the secure element, like the, so they have like a, at least the way it works on like iOS and Android, they have this separate kind of cryptographic operating system that stores keys and such. Um, and generally those are only supposed to serve like a very simple format or function. Like you just sign things, just do digital signatures, just encrypt things, very limited function so that it can't be compromised. Um, but my, the thing that, that makes me wonder is if they're using a secure element for this, but I lost my ledger, does that mean that this that, that hardware key to use to recover it, is that on any ledger or was that on just my ledger? And if it was just on my ledger and I lost my lost it, like then you can't recover the key. So it, it makes me think that you can just have those three, three, key, three people collude and re restore your wallet on any ledger. Cool. So there's there's a lot here to, to, to break down. And I know, uh, you know, perhaps you're a little more technical than folks who are watching this. I uh, did want to also pause and say, you know, if you are here, please give a shout out uh, in, in chat. Say hi. Uh, we have a couple of questions. Uh, we will be doing a good job of taking all the questions that we can get through in, in the time we have available. So please ask them as you go. Um, 
But let's let's talk about like what is a hardware wallet? How is it different from a software wallet? And you mentioned the secure enclave. Let's yep. expand a little bit on that and how why it's important that that's kind of a, a minimal capability system. Yeah. So with crypto cryptography, there's generally speaking three types of you know cryptography you can do. There's one way hashing, where you take any kind of input, and it's a one-way thing. Once you once you create a hash, which is just a long string of characters, there's no way to reverse it. Okay, so that's what's used for digital signatures or signing transactions, that such a thing. Uh, there's also asymmetric asymmetric encryption, which is a public and private key, where if you encrypt something with a public key, it can only be decrypted with the private key, and vice versa. So a lot of you guys are probably familiar with the Alice and Bob stories about how this works. And the other one is symmetric encryption, where there's encryption, but this key. There's just one key, right? It can use to encrypt and decrypt the same thing. So a lot of times these secure enclaves, secure element, I guess is what they call it. That's it's only supposed to serve those functions for how to, you know, how to use the, the secure enclave. When you introduce an additional function that kind of extracts the private key itself, whatever encrypted sharded way, that means you have to have an additional key to do the encryption. Cause if you lose the private key, it can't encrypt itself. Cause then you can never recover it. Um, you're, you're introducing additional attack vectors that didn't exist before. And that's what's concerning about it. So there's, re there's really kind of two, um, two cases that we need to consider. Right? One is for someone who wants to use the service and the recovery service and what those attack yeah. vectors are. And maybe we could talk about that a little bit later. Uh, but then the other one is just to everyone who doesn't want to use the service at all, wants to opt out of it. Like they, they mentioned that the service was opt-in, opt-out. Um, however, unfortunately, they have a firmware update that right now is, is kind of optional. Folks can choose to, to get it, but you know, in the future, it may not be optional. There might be other security firmware updates that you need to install uh, on, yeah. on the device. Yeah, and I think what's concerning is it, it really violates kind of the trust assumptions that we all had about Ledger, right? We all had this in our head, like there's no way to get your private key off my Ledger. And now they're like, we're being told that there is some kind of way. <laughs> it's That's what people are upset about, so. Yeah, and I think uh, Mr. Masternode uh, talks about it perfectly, where he says the secure enclave of the ledger was designed so that the keys never leave the device. I've, I've, you, you know, I've heard so many times the ledger team say, your keys never leave your hardware device, and that's an aspect of trust. And now they've implemented essentially a firmware feature to share shards of the keys with trusted third parties online, uh, which whether they're encrypted and shard and you have to combine them together, you're still in some fashion, you've got a function that your keys can be shared outside of the device itself. Sure. And it begs the question, like what protections are in place to make sure that this this function doesn't get enabled without my knowledge or my consent? Like what if some kind of hacker can turn on this function and I don't know about it? Like it's just, it's just an additional attack vector that didn't exist before. Yeah. So to me, that I mean, there seem to be at least two attack vectors. Maybe you can, you can add a few yeah. more. Uh, the first one is what you said is just here's a function that uh, previously we didn't have. And even if they've done their security uh, work to do the auditing and to ensure that it can only be uh, done when you press buttons on the device, that could have bugs, right? Nothing is perfect, no code is perfect. Uh, and so if there are bugs in that, then it's an exploit that is effectively shares your seed phrase outside mm -hmm. of the device. So that's a pretty bad uh, attack vector. Uh, the, the second attack vector I can see is more related to social engineering. So we see all the time uh, today, you know, people get their Ethereum wallets drained because uh, they've, they've opted into some NFT thing and it was a scam. Uh, but now that scam isn't just going to be sign this thing with your MetaMask and your Ethereum wallet strained. It could be, here's effectively your seed phrase. And oh, that Bitcoin that you had that you didn't do anything that was also sitting on your wallet, that's also drained now. So it, it becomes a lot more serious. 
Yeah, I can already foresee all the, the, the scam bots commenting on things, but oh, you lost your, your key? Well, click our <laughs> click here to recover your storage. You know, Ledger has this awesome feature, and then it takes you to some fake page that you know scams you out of it. So, yeah, I don't know. Are there other other um, types of attack vectors that you see just just with this new capability in the device firmware itself? Um, I mean, like you said, I think social engineering is probably one of the bigger ones. Like that's that's huge in the cybersecurity world in general. Um, just the just having additional functions in general, right, is is just in in ways that you can't foresee could introduce, like you said, bugs. There could be, um, you know, just stuff we haven't foreseen. It's it's a new feature, and it's not something that we had. Most people, I would say, have had in their trust assumptions for how to use a ledger wallet. Yeah. So. Now, I mean, there, there was some assumption of trusting the team. Um, you, you know, Mr. Masno is talking about, well, the code is closed source. So we don't actually know exactly what they're doing. We, we're going a little bit on trusting that they said that they wouldn't do this. Yeah. So he has a good point. But uh, so most of Ledger actually is open source. They have a GitHub that you can go to. Um, but their firmware is what is not open source. And that is where it appears to be that this change is made. So we can't see exactly how it works. So it's kind of a black box. Yeah, so even, even if you decide not to get this firmware update, we don't know that it wasn't in a previous update behind a feature flag or something else. So we don't know that that uh, potential attack vector is, isn't already there. Yeah, it's, it's true. Yeah, and that's what makes you wonder. Like they're they're talking about how this isn't an additional attack vector. Like it's it's not something new. It's it makes me wonder. Like how long has that been in the firmware that you could extract the seed phrase somehow? So I don't know. Maybe they've been working on this for a while. Maybe it's already in the firmware we've got on our ledger devices. I don't know. I wish I knew. If it was open source, we would. <laughs> but and that's what makes me uncomfortable, really. Yeah, because in some sense, right, we do have the Lindy effect for a, a lot of the functions that are currently in the ledger, which basically you know, says that over time, the more the, the longer something's been around, the more likely it is to be around for longer. Basically, it hasn't yep. been attacked, so therefore it's less likely to be attacked in the future. Um, and it feels like with this function, uh, if it's new, it doesn't have any Lindy effect. But if it's effectively been there for you know a year or two, maybe it's safer. Uh, I mean, I mean, it could just be a matter of time as well. It's kind of hard to say. I mean, if they if they open sourced their firmware and we were able to see it and kind of that would be something that would kind of you know revitalize my interest in it. Um, so I don't know. I guess we'll have to see you know where it goes from here. Hopefully, telling people that this feature exists isn't what causes the uh, the scammers to you know exploit it. So that could be a thing that maybe just the bad guys didn't know about it and now they do. So yeah, the, the angry <laughs> angry investor is saying I'm breaking my ledger now. Um, what should people do <laughs> if, if they're concerned? Like, uh, so there's this new uh, attack vector on, the, on their ledger. As far as I know, it hasn't been compromised. So that's something that's accurate that the team has said. Uh, what should people do? So my general advice is to back up your stuff out of band. So if, you, if that means writing down your seed phrase, putting it in a lockbox, secure storage somewhere, if that means doing your own encryption, and you know, if you've encrypted it several times and you put it on the cloud or on the blockchain or something, but only you have the private key via like maybe a separate USB stick or something, there's different ways that you could do it. But I would suggest to do it out of band to recover on your own and not rely on Ledger's internal structures for uh, for recovering your, your seed phrase in case you lost it. Uh, so, so what would you say to people who, um, you, you know, maybe want to keep their Ledger device and continue to use it? Should they just not update to the latest firmware, or what do you think the approach there should be? I mean, it's tough because not updating the, to the firmware like could introduce you to other security vulnerabilities. Like if they'd found something and they update, they patched this different security vulnerability. Now you kind of have to pick your poison. 
Um, so it's kind of hard to say, don't upgrade your firmware. I mean, that honestly probably would be worse. It expose you to more <laughs> security vulnerabilities. So I, I don't want to suggest that. Um, but kind of, you're just going to have to make your own, you know, guesses about what your where your risk tolerance is. Now, the, the team themselves, they, uh, you know, to their credit, they came on a Twitter space. They yep. uh, ostensibly answered questions from everyone. Uh, I think you were in that space. Unfortunately, I had a conflict and I, I was late to it. But uh, what are your thoughts on what they talked about and, and their thoroughness of answering questions? So Charles did actually answer uh, a lot of questions about the secure element, which I had. So, that was, you know, thank you for that. Um, I had requested to speak for a while and, and, and was never able to... Uh, you come on stage and raise my hand or anything. Uh, but I did have a couple of questions. I tweeted about them if you want to go look at them. But, you know, they did answer some questions. And I think um, CK, whatever it is, kind of had a nice back and forth there about, about stuff. And it kind of how we were able to land on, like, at least kind of an agreement that this there are additional attack vectors introduced by this. So, I mean, it was productive in that sense, I would say. Yeah. Can, can you share uh, perhaps a few of the points that you took away that you weren't aware of uh, before the, the space or before the discussion? So, yeah, so before, I think earlier this morning, I had tweeted about, they were talking about encrypted sharded. And, and I was like, okay, well, if you've encrypted it, it can't be with your private key because your private key is what you're trying to recover. So you could never decrypt it in that sense. And then he, when he started talking about secure, the secure element, that's what you know, made sense to me about, okay, maybe it's a hardware key. There's a separate key on the physical device that is used to decrypt your, your seed phrase or use encrypt and decrypt it, which would make sense, you know, if they sent it off to the three three entities, they still need the physical device to recover it from. And that's why that was my number one question is like, okay, do you need my physical device or any ledger? Is it is the is this hardware key unique to my ledger or is this a general for all ledgers? Because that's you know important. Like one of the one of the yeah. things that you would use this recovery service for is if you lost your ledger. So and that was probably my number one question from that. And you know, Charles helped helped flush it out and brought, brought, me, brought me that question a little bit. Cool. And, and just for clarity, it's it's any ledger device, right? So you could go buy a new one and get it recovered? Well, I don't know. That's what was my question. Like, I don't... <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so you maybe didn't answer answer that yeah. one. I, I, yeah, I wish. Yet. I hope they do. I did tweet it, so maybe they will. So keep an eye out for that. Uh, we, we have a question here from Mr. Mastermode, uh, because I think originally this was just to apply to, to NanoX, but not all the rest of their projects. Do you know... Uh, whether it's coming for the rest of their product suite or whether there's something in particular about the NanoX that allows them to enable it there? Yeah, I definitely don't know anything. I don't represent Ledger or I, I had heard that they like different mentions that it could just be for their NanoX, but I, yeah, I can't say for sure. Yeah, and I know there have been restrictions in, in the past on NanoX can do certain things that the NanoX can't just based on processing power and other things. So, I, I, you know, I, I don't know. And the thing is, I definitely think that this, you know, this recovery service thing is, it's not a bad idea, right? It's just, in my mind, it's like, you want this to be, it's, you're targeting separate people. You've got your like hardcore, not your keys, not your crypto people that don't ever want their seed phrase exposed anywhere. And then you've got the, you know, the new, you know, grandma trying to onboard a crypto that doesn't know how to do all the things. Uh, I think there's just big separate product lines for these, right? Like they can even have it like physically the same hardware, just a little bit of different firmware and split into two devices and. It, it wouldn't be, I don't think it would be that much extra work for them to do, but it would, you know, not violate the trust assumptions that we all have. Yeah. I mean, at least for myself personally, uh, my, my visceral negative reaction came from the fact that I was very much uh, in the camp of like, don't take my my keys off my device at all under any circumstances. And the, the fact that you never do that is one of the reasons I trust you. Mm -hmm. uh, but if you were to offer a separate device that did all of this, I think it's fine. I think it's actually a great feature yeah. for adoption of self-custody uh, among folks. 
Yeah, and, and they're definitely, I've heard like, you know, Trezor and I think Foundation are, are great options too, but, you know, sometimes they have trade-offs as well. Yeah. So you kind of have to do your research and decide, you know, what, what risks you're comfortable with and which ones you aren't. Awesome. Well, I want to make, make sure to say uh, both Hadu uh, Prospector, welcome, and uh, Good morning. Neil as well. Hi, it's great to have you here. I know you've got some thoughts here. Uh, you're saying uh, Ledger's, Ledger now is barely any different than a hot wallet. I don't necessarily know that's the case. I mean, I still think their security is more secure than a hot wallet. What do you think, sir, Karen? Yeah, so there's a lot of vulnerabilities to hot wallets that could exist. Like, uh, so, you know, being working in cybersecurity field, some of the more common vulnerabilities I see are browser related. There's cross-site scripting and cross-site request forgery. Cross-site scripting can be easily used on any website that you visit can be used to dump the cookies that are connected to your wallet. As long as that, as any website has a uh, cross-site scripting vulnerability, they can get cookies to take your session for the wallet. However, you know most wallets also have a spending password, so they'd also have to crack that. Uh, but there's also cross-site request forgery vulnerabilities that browsers could use with hot wallets, where they basically trick your browser mm -hmm. into doing something on your behalf. And you might think that you're doing signing a transaction that does something you want, but it might actually be signing a malicious transaction. So there's definitely a lot of vulnerabilities with hot wallets that you you have to know about as well. So, I mean, it's kind of hard to say. And I don't think that there's anything malicious with you know, with Ledger's doing. I think maybe there's some miscommunication stuff and maybe some assumptions that weren't weren't coming quite coming through quite clear. Uh, they were talking about like how you know people on Twitter you know, maybe being toxic, but I, I just want to say I'm not. My intention is not to be toxic. It's just genuine concern. Like I just want to answer the questions to know like you know what the risks I'm. I'm assuming are. Yeah, and I think that's you know applies uh, to to both of us and a lot of people that I know. We're, we're very genuinely here trying to support an ecosystem uh, to support the culture of self custody to ensure that people do keep their keys secure. Like we've all known someone who's who's been into a situation, um, and sometimes in 280 characters, it's difficult. Uh, I yeah. will say that they could have done a better job rather than just releasing some uh, you know release notes on their device firmware update to actually have the discussion and to set the stage for some of these um, because they, they haven't done a good job and now now they're they're playing uh, catch up with what, what everyone in the community is is talking about yeah and there was a little bit of them talking past themselves too because their email went out that they said that they're the, you know the encrypted sharded seed phrase is sent to their servers and then i think their ceo came out and said there is no server so that was like okay so is there a server or is it there like where <laughs> where is my key going like that's a huge thing like i want to know where my key is going right so yeah, yeah what do you, what do you they, Okay. I, was, I think maybe that there's some like some like, you know, sea level management that doesn't quite understand the technical or like maybe it's maybe they're just, you know, they need to discuss among themselves like exactly how to how to present this to the public a little bit better. Do, do you think they uh, anticipated the reaction that they would get from this? Uh, I mean, I guess my assumption is maybe they didn't think about what the reaction would be or they didn't anticipate it to be this you know intense. Um, so maybe now that they're thinking about it and they'll reconsider, I hope they'll reconsider and launch two product lines that would be, or, you know, or open source it. Either of those things would be great. Um, I guess we'll see. Yeah. So let's talk about the, the second case where people actually want to use the service and, and what some of the uh, potential concerns could be here. Uh, you know, Neil's got one where he says, uh, Ledger, how much money to get access uh, from the government? And, and, you know, definitely now that the keys aren't yours, right, there's someone else's and there's other parties that can coerce uh, Ledger and their partners to be able to give the, give up these keys. Yeah, this actually reminds me of a like a real incident. I don't know if it's five, ten years ago, but there was a crime. I can't remember the specific crime that was committed. I think in San Bernardino, California, and there was evidence on this iPhone, but this iPhone was locked. And remember, I, iPhone has a secure enclave. And I think I want to say like the FBI or something tried to either order or convince Apple to disclose like however 
their keys so that they can unlock this iPhone to find the evidence. And I think Apple put up a fight, and I think and eventually the FBI was able to crack it on their own. I could be wrong, so take that with a grain of salt. I, I, I do remember that. Wasn't it an Israeli company that figured out how to do the, the, the cracking? Yes, something like that. Yeah, this is you know deep in the, the weeds, so I, I have to look it up to remember. But <laughs> this just cracks me up. <laughs> can can you imagine Gary Gensler having access to all of our keys? Oh that, gosh, that would be a disaster. Yeah, to me, that's one of the primary concerns, right? Is like if these three entities, you know, government comes in and points a gun at these three entities and says, you know, give us these keys or we shut you down. I mean, can they comply with that? I don't know. Yeah, and, and we might be sounding a little bit dramatic, say government points a gun, but the government gun doesn't have to be literal. It could yeah. be, oh, you're not going to get the license to operate in our jurisdiction. Or, yeah. uh, you know, we're going to send the IRS after you or any number of things the government could do to coerce get people. Fined or go to jail. And it could be any government doesn't know. And it could just, it could not even be government. It could be just a bad actor. Like somebody's holding you ransom and trying to get you to do this or, or threats. There's, I mean, there's any number of things that could be introduced that that make this additional exposure worse so so we've talked a bit about government coercion or outside party uh, coercing uh, these two of the three um, places you have your key to collaborate to unlock it what are some of the other threats that that we need to be aware of um i mean like 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 we said there's like bugs like if there's a feature if if this exposes like, I don't know, like maybe there's like a, if there's a, like a side channel attack that like leaks the encryption of the hardware key, like, um, again, I'm talking about iOS again, but there was a, a, a root, uh, a jailbreak thing for Apple where you connected a USB cord and it would, you could root the device and you could presumably access the keys. I mean, maybe people could do that and take the keys. I don't know. And like we said, social engineering and, you know, threat of you know, coercion by government or, or bad actors. I mean, there's kind of a lot of things. It's kind of up to the imagination, really, what, what could go wrong. Yeah, and it's a little concerning that it's only effectively like a two of three to combine to get your keys. Um, Is it two of three? I wasn't... I don't, that I that was my that. understanding, was that they split okay. your key into uh, three different encrypted shards and essentially a different entity held each, which, you know, is, is a reasonable place rather than just holding them all on ledger servers. Uh, but it doesn't require a lot of coercion to get access to that. Yeah, I mean, I would rather just write down my seed phrase and cut it up into three pieces and send them to three different sides of the world or something. Rather than, I mean, I do it on my own. Um, yeah, just like an out-of-band thing, in, in my opinion, or like everyone kind of make decisions on their own. I mean, I guess if this feature is for you and you're comfortable with uh, with Ledger splitting up your seed phrase into three pieces and giving it to three people, then you know, more power to you. But I think it's just a, a lot of people didn't expect this to be something in the firmware of their Ledger device is what's got people up in arms. Yeah, and I, and I think uh, Neil's got an idea for a new hardware wallet, the mattress wallet. <laughs> yeah, we might be going back to uh, paper wallets. <laughs> <laughs> print print out your Bitcoin and stick it under your mattress. Uh, but I think yeah. a, a reasonable question from M85, hello, welcome, um, is what's safest to use now? I mean, so clearly this has opened some new threat vectors, attack vectors for it. Yeah, that makes it a t it's a tough question now because I mean, just a couple weeks ago there was some I was I think there was concerns with Trezor and Chainalysis. I'm not sure what came out of that, so I can't I can't speak too much to that. So if that's I mean that's risk. You know, Ledger's uh, recovery services list risk. Um, the like the foundation I think Passport now seems to be something that a lot of people are interested in, but I don't know if it supports a lot of cryptocurrencies. So I mean, if you use I know it uses Bitcoin, but I mean yeah. maybe that one if uh, if you're just holding Bitcoin, I don't know. A paper wallet, honestly, would probably be one of your more secure things to do. Yeah, so I can talk a little bit about the the, the treasure, um, I guess, incident that happened. It wasn't really an incident. They uh, decided to offer a privacy feature 
which coin joins your coins. For those who want to wear, it's basically a way of uh, mixing up your Bitcoin UTXOs to get to gain additional privacy. And they were partnering with uh, someone called Wasabi Wallet, who partners then with Chain uh, Chain Analysis, who partners with the government. So there was some concern there. Um, you know, and they've said that bad UTXOs were things that they wouldn't be allowing through the system. And so people were a little concerned that why is self-custody uh, and self-sovereignty colliding effectively with a government gatekeeping for some of these privacy services. Now, this is an opt-in feature. It doesn't apply to anything else. So conceivably, like there's less attack surface to this than what Ledger has has offered, is, is my understanding of it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, like I said before, it's probably still, probably still secure and fine to use Ledger. It's just a lot of people are caught off guard, I think. Yeah, and I think, uh, you know, if you're looking to use their service, they do have a $50,000 insurance plan. Um, and so while that's might not cover everyone, uh, it is still, you know, something if you've got, you know, $10,000, $20,000 and you're willing to trust the risk of perhaps losing it because you lose your seed phrase might be greater than the risk of anything that could go wrong here. Yeah, I mean, kind of what I was thinking to myself is this feels like, you know, storing your crypto on an exchange with extra steps. Like we're only so close to... <laughs> having somebody else it's like a it's like crossing the line between custodial and non-custodial if like someone has pieces of your private key then you know presumably they could piece it together and they you know it's your their crypto now so i don't know yeah how soon until they start offering yield on your crypto and lending it out to folks yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit of ptsd with all of that oh now, yeah after this last cycle yeah absolutely now um Zuckerin, how much do you know about uh, mpc and uh, multi-party computation um Oh, not a whole lot. Yeah, I do. Uh, I do legacy web two cybersecurity ninety nine percent of the time, unfortunately. So that's not nearly as exciting as all the kind of multi sig stuff. But <laughs> okay, cool. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't have a deep understanding of this. I just know that uh, Coinbase, when they released their wallet, that was the recovery path that they chose. Uh, but I don't have a technical depth to really uh, have a discussion about it. Yeah, I mean, like if they if they just made like a separate service for it that it wasn't like baked into the firmware, I think it's a fine idea, really. So it is a uh, yeah. I know it is what it is. Yeah. Do folks in chat have any more questions or, or comments on this? Um, <laughs> getting a bit of C5 PTSD, absolutely. Uh, Angry Investor is saying just get multiple ledgers with no more than 50k each. I think the challenge is going to be you're paying 10 bucks a month for each of those to use their recovery service. Um, I, I'll, I'll say that one thing that it made me think about is like wanting a hardware wallet that does the minimum required things. Like I only would like... If you think a lot of hardware wallets have like additional functionality, like display your portfolio balance and, you know, find all your UTXOs and kind of some additional stuff that are not related to just encrypting, decrypting and hashing. So I'm, I'm kind of thinking in the back of my head, like if, if there's a hardware wallet, like only does those things, encrypts, decrypts and hashes things. And like, I'd have to find some other, like connect the hardware wallet through a, through a hot wallet, like browser wallet to be actual view my balance and stuff. I think that would be the ideal, like to shrink the attack service as much as possible with, um, with the hardware wallet. That's what I would be interested in, at least. Interesting. Uh, I know Hishoshi was uh, replying to one of my tweets and he mentioned something about Keystone Wallet as another potential opportunity. I, I haven't used it at all. I know you know pretty much nothing about them. Same. Yeah, I'm not familiar with them either. <laughs> but they do have a larger selection of coins, so that's an option. Uh, as Sukran was mentioning, uh, Foundation and Cold Card are two kind of Bitcoin-only solutions that are a little bit more bare bones. Yeah, I'd say another uh, another option, that, and this is not financial advice, but generally a rule of thumb in, in investing in general is just to diversify. Like, don't keep all of your funds in your ledger or all of your funds in your treasure or all of your funds on a hot wallet or whatever. Like, if if you wanted to diversify risk as much as possible, put a little bit in each. So if one gets hacked, you've still got, you know, 
the rest. Yeah, there, there was an interesting attack that someone brought up in the Twitter space, uh, which was this idea that if someone had opted into the recovery service, uh, someone could essentially uh, steal someone's ID and pretend to be them in order to go through the recovery process. Uh, because, uh, you know, now these entities might be uh, acting in a way that is kind of good and above board, but someone else is effectively socially engineering those entities themselves. Yeah, I wonder if it actually that's probably a big risk, right? Like if somebody steals your your ledger before they had to know the private or not the private key, the, the pin number to unlock it. So if they steal it and then they steal it with your wallet, if, you know, maybe you keep them together. Uh, hey, I've got your ID. I've got your mm -hmm. uh, your ledger. I'm I'm who I say I am. You know, restore this stuff so I can get access to it, and they get a new pin. That would be probably a big big attack vector. Yeah, and with all the AI things to uh, you know make you look like someone else, even uh, I'm sure real time video that'll be possible very soon. Um, you know, I've heard all sorts of horror stories about people uh, using AI to pretend that there's someone else in terms of like the voice sounds very similar on, on the phone to to be able to scam people. So yeah, it's very worrying. Yeah, I, I don't know how they're planning to implement KYC, KYC for that. I mean, it sounds like a lot of work, but I don't I don't see how it could be made more secure than just not having the recovery service enabled. Uh, there was something else that was announced today, which apparently uh, MICA, which is the European crypto law, uh, is now going to require any crypto transaction to have KYC attached to it, essentially. <sighs> yeah, no, thank you. <laughs> that was my exact same result. Do you think any of what Ledger is doing is related to that in any sense? Um, I mean, it sucks because you know, they got to run businesses and businesses can be targeted by government. So, I mean, they have to make their trade-offs. And I understand that, like... Maybe, maybe Ledger feels like they're at risk of not being able to operate in the EU without this feature. Um, and now it's totally legit. So, uh, again, like I said before, I think if, I think if they're going to go this route, they should make it into two separate products. So they'd still have something to offer in the EU that that allows them to uh, to do the KYC if people in the EU want that, and they'd still be compliant. And then they just not offer their uh, hardcore version of the the Ledger that doesn't put your yeah. uh, your seed phrase out there. I mean, I think if, if anyone from, from Ledger is watching this, and I, I don't think <laughs> we'll be that blessed, but if someone is, like, that's the solution. Create a separate hardware offering um, and target it specifically to people who need the service uh, yep. because it is a great way to expand your market and to expand the safety of people doing partial self-custody uh, without necessarily yep. exposing everyone else to this risk. Yep, and if they made a separate wallet for that, I mean, that's probably something I would buy for grandma that makes it super easy, like something that she could recover if she lost. So. Yeah. Um, there is a question on when we're going to launch our own wallet. Is that happening? Uh, uh, so I have an idea for my own wallet, but I, I haven't really made any progress for it. So <laughs> if, I, if I had a, like, you know, a Bitcoin for every idea I had, I've had a lot of Bitcoin. But uh, yeah, I've, I've, yeah, it's, it's on my Twitter. It's Ghost Wallet. It's, it's still just an idea right now. But, you know, maybe eventually it'll get there. I do have a domain name for every idea I've had. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're sitting there unused. Uh, you know, Obi's saying uh, we need public private key or multi-factor auth for all our logins. Absolutely. And it's, you know, I'm yeah. unclear how these other entities will, will handle that, especially where your or personal identifiable information is effectively the login to these places, it sounds Yeah. Like. And I'll actually say, being someone that works in, in Web2 cybersecurity for a living, like, I love connect your wallet to login stuff. Like, I'm so tired of memorizing passwords. And then every six months, you have to pick a new password and you need you know, however many characters with special characters and numbers and all that stuff. And and then there's still people crack passwords all the time. Like, so one of the main things I do for my job is, you know, just get all the, the usernames and find one that has a weak password. And there it is. But uh, yeah, connecting a crypto, crypto wallet that has a private key in it, like, especially a hardware one like Ledger, that's, that, in my opinion, that's so much easier and more secure than having to memorize a password and type it in every time. So, 
Yeah, um, I'd say sort of scary stuff, some of what's happening. And I think really feeling like a company violated their core ethos, even though they say they haven't, that's very much how I feel. Um, how do you feel, Stoker? Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's it, it, it does feel like they violated their ethos, but I think there was, there was a route to doing what they're trying to do without, I think, violating it. I think it's more that there's that people are caught off guard by it really. And, 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 you know, for, for the millionth time, if they just create a separate, separate product that does this, I mean, I think they can, they can play both sides of the fence without violating their principles. So that yeah. would be the route I would recommend. And I think a good sum summary for Lindley is, uh, yeah. So if you want to be more into self custody and trust yourself with your seed phrase, uh, just keep it yourself. Don't use their recovery service. Um, as far as installing firmware, I think it's a good balance between uh, do you want to install the firmware now that enables an extra capability, increases the attack surface, or um, you know, do you want to uh, expose yourself to the risk that there are other security threats that future firmware updates resolve? Um, I think generally uh, what Sokarin was saying, and I tend to agree with, is that installing firmware is generally better than not installing firmware updates. Although personally, I'm going to wait a couple of weeks and see what happens with all of this. Maybe they'll back off. I hope they at least back off or take some suggestions. In, in yeah, I think path. that's what I'm going to do as well. So yeah, hopefully, hopefully they you know backpedal a little bit and you know, come out with a, a better solution, rethink it. So I think cool. the community has come out with like kind of a big enough response that they're probably you know around the uh, around the table right now. Yeah, back and, to the drawing board. You know, to anyone from from Ledger who's watching, like you're in a shit place right now. Um, I'm sorry that you're going through that. I know you had the best intentions. Uh, please listen. Please, you know, we I have four or five ledgers, so I'm very much a strong customer of y'all. Um, and <laughs> yeah, we, we want you to be successful. We want to have multiple great options with great user experience to be able to to manage our own crypto, uh, but not like this. Yeah, I agree. I agree with all of that. Cool. Uh, anything else you'd like to say before we close off, Sokra? Um, yeah, not off the top of my head. Just uh, yeah, I hope uh, if you, again, if you're from Ledger and you're watching this, I posted some questions on the Twitter. Like, if you want to reply to answer those, I'll retweet them. So, I would very much appreciate that. Awesome, awesome. Well, thank you so much for jumping on on so quickly uh, to talk about this, and thank you everyone uh, from live chat for all your questions. Um, yeah, we had one more from Obi, who's saying uh, Ledger has already leaked customer info, so let's send our passport to them too. What could go wrong? Uh, my perspective here is they were probably using a third party, a Mailchimp, for someone else, and the security required for for marketing tends to be less than the security required for storing private keys. Um, so I, I kind of I don't want to say I give them a pass, but I, I don't think that that necessarily makes me trust their uh, recovery system less because of that that happening mm -hmm. and you see all the all the time you see even like LastPass had a huge hack recently so even these very security minded companies they have mistakes that happen from time to time so yeah and that's where i have caution when you know they come on the space and say yeah we've done the audits we've done the security we're very focused on it i'm like yes and <laughs> lots of other companies have done that too and failed funds are safe <laughs> Last oh, words every time. Yeah, yeah. Funds uh, <laughs> safe. On that note, we're going to end today. Thanks cool. everyone for joining in. Uh, please yeah, thanks, like, everybody. subscribe, and do all the YouTube things, and we'll see you all later. Appreciate it. Take care, everybody.